interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hey everybody and hello humans, this is Josh with Not A Robot Podcast Network, DC Comic Review Show, and with me today is Rob. Salut mes amis, je m'appelle Rob, comment ça va Josh? Um, I don't know what he said either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in or clicking that button so you can listen to us. We love you over here at Not A Robot. Speaking of which, you can get access to all of our stuff over at notarobotpodcast.com. Click and listen away. Feel free to download, like, and subscribe. You can uh, use the contact form in there to tell us how great we are or how much you hate us. Probably me, because I'm the most ignorant. But in any case, we came in here to talk about comic books. Do we have any comic book news going on today, Rob? Or anything new going on with you? We certainly do. There was uh, so many things, and a lot of them controversial. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, honestly, this I, we've been talking throughout the week about how just draining this week's been all over the place, and who knows why, but thank goodness that I have heels to keep me going. That Stephen Amell show was so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that was a show. I haven't watched it yet. And uh, for a second, I'm like, well, I mean, if footwear is going to help you through it, you know, <laughs> who am I to judge as to what kind? <laughs> oh, God. Let's just clear that up. Heels yeah, is a TV you know. show. Okay. I yeah. forgot for a second. Rest- yeah, he plays, he, yeah. He the plays a guys, wrestling yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I heard I heard he's taking kind of a bad uh, bad guy persona on in real life. He blew up at his wife in a in an airplane and uh, yeah, he got removed that, from the plane. That and was blown out of proportion actually, if I remember right cuz he he brought up his account on Twitter and I think his wife did the same. If I remember right, it was nowhere near as bad as what was being reported. But he was still uh, asked to get off. Yeah, well, he came out and he was like, you know, that wasn't uh, that wasn't cool to me. It was totally bad, my bad. I, I I formally apologize because I did get out of hand. Blah blah blah. But then, and I can't remember it exactly, but he kind of segued into, yeah, but it's you know, it's not all my fault. And then uh, right. I don't. Know, he's been he's been going back and forth on social media, and that's sad that if he, you know, if that kind of shit is going on, because I did like the Arrow show for. You know, I don't know, four seasons, three, something like that. I wrote yeah. it out all the way through. I yeah. wrote, I watched every single CW show, right up until the air, uh, right up until Arrow ended. Every single CW show except, yeah. no, all of them. Yeah, yeah, I watched all of them right up until that, uh, right up until flat or Arrow ended, and then it was like. Eh, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. The the flash the flash <laughs> constantly was it it was it was like a really horrible flash run, man. It was just all about poor Barry and does Iris think I love her enough and oh no. And in any case, I hear he's turning into reverse flash. Yeah, that's some oh shit, I forgot about that. We had some uh, cuz what's going on is next season the first five or so episodes is going to be kind of like a mini crossover with the other shows and we know batwoman's going to be there um 
and I think that's all we know so far from other shows that I remember, but yeah, there are, are set shots taken non-officially of him in a yellow suit, which looks like the reverse Flash, but also Ryan Choi as the Atom in, an, in a comics-accurate Atom suit. Oh, yeah. Osric Chow, the legend from Supernatural. Yeah. Oh. He was the, he was one of the prophets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Man, I heard some horrible shit. I love that show. I heard some hor- hor- horrible shit about Jensen Ackles when we were uh, recording um, for the horror pod that we have oh, over yeah. here. Yeah, because I chose that as my uh, as the worst slasher film. That's what we were going after. And uh, I found out that he's he's a raging homophobe. Really? Yeah. Um, Supernatural was apparently supposed to end with him and Castiel kissing. And he absolutely refused to do any kind of scene where his character would kiss. They even offered him the opportunity to use tricky camera shots and fake it. And he still said no. So they changed the entire end because... He couldn't fake kissing a guy. Let I mean, you know how many more important, bigger, fucking just about anybody dudes have completely 100% heterosexual kissed men on screen. Oh, um, yeah. Give me Glee give me a of, fucking break, dude. Uh, yeah. There's there's no excuse. That's insane. I but did not think, and come to think of it, I... I've looked into this, and and he's his account on the whole matter. I've never seen anything from him, so shit. Yeah, poor Misha Collins got kept getting the flack for it, though. Yeah, he did, and yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah, yep. I mean, to be a lot like, of flack because he's not he hasn't been working. I think he just sold his house actually. Misha Collins. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, he, I think last I heard, he was doing some charity stuff. Okay. But even he, even during Supernatural, he was doing like B movies and whatnot. There was this wonderful B movie, um, the kind of thing you'd see on the Sci Fi Channel. Oh man, I don't remember what the hell it was called, but something to do with Stonehenge and Incas, and the world was going to blow up, but he had to stop it. It was wild, crazy cool. Yeah, same quality as like Sharknado, but fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sharknado Jesus. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Marvel fucked up. I know oh, we talked God. about that. I know yeah. I know this is a DC podcast, but uh what happened there? Well, they I don't remember when they announced it. I think it was over the summer that they were going to follow suit with DC and start shipping with uh other shippers and they they went to Penguin Random House and first week of shipments came in Kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> some retailers were reporting that their shipments got lost in the mail. Literally, they could not find them in the warehouses. Or in the ones that did were damaged. About 70 to 90% of the books were damaged, torn, because they were just vacuum sealed they were just, in like a yeah, flimsy they were just, box. So there was yeah. They no they weren't protection. even vacuum sealed. Yeah, they uh, I, the ones that I saw were shipped in you know you you know your normal polys, just dropped inside a very thin cardboard box. I mean, I didn't even see them vacuum sealed together or, or, oh, or anything. 
Um, I saw pages that were bent. I saw corners that were pushed in, man. I'm, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, and I, I honestly, there's very, very few Marvel books that I can say that I enjoy uh, or have enjoyed. And uh, probably even less, well, definitely even less Marvel characters because all those books feature those Marvel characters. So, <laughs> <laughs> but for, I, you know, I, I honestly, that, that, that's horrible for that company to have to go through that. It reminds me of when everything shut down and it was such a bitch about getting it, um, you know, when the coronavirus started and Diamond had to screw everything up. Yeah. I, I personally, I like it sucks with the comics industry, but I don't blame Diamond at the same time. The way things uh, are going, there's there was a whole lot of fault on both sides of that coin, man. Yeah. Like putting all of your stock into one company, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, but nonetheless, here's what happens. There's always a trial and error thing, though. When uh, new new things happen. You'd think, because uh, Penguin Random House is what DC went with as well, right? Like a subsidiary, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, say that again? Is when DC switched over, I think they, they went with Penguin Random House as well, if I'm not mistaken. Or they did some kind of subsidiary of them. Uh, it may have been a subsidiary. I know that they split it. They're not putting all of their ducks in one boat anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to. Or at least that is the way that it was the last time that I looked into it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's absolutely insane to only have one person to depend on. No fucking way. Dude. Oh yeah. No, you have to have a backup plan for Definitely. everything but a relationship. That's absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true words. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say? Um. Right. So I was gonna bring up just one more thing. So not too long ago, I brought up. How DC announced that for Fandom, they were going to be distributing free NFTs. And yeah. as I'm sure some people did, I certainly did, signed up right away for it. Despite that, I know I, I have a strong opinion about NFTs and how silly they are. But this is free. How can you say no? So yeah, I think all of us realize that this is pretty silly, NFTs. Oh, yeah. And I, I honestly think it's going to go the way of the Beanie Babies. But Oh, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a hot topic for a little bit, but um, yeah, especially now that they're being given away, it's it's just yeah weird. Anyway, so I, I they started distributing codes for the NFTs on October fifth, and I got mine today about two two and a half hours ago. And I guess DC is doing their damnedest to make Fandom feel like a true convention experience because you click click here. To go to the website to claim your NFT, and then you're in a line. And my queue number is sixty-eight thousand one hundred forty-three. Holy cow! And when I jumped in line, there were eleven thousand people ahead of me, and my wait was more than an hour. I'm now close to thirty minutes, and there's almost seven thousand people ahead of me. But there's still that long ass line. It's true convention <laughs> experience. So Bef- I do appreciate that. <laughs> All right, be- before we started recording, I checked. And I had not gotten my NFT. I just checked it because we started talking about it again. I have it. Oh, you my Q, Yeah, my Q number is 76,196. Fucking A. Number of users in Q ahead of you, 14,845. How is that possible? You're, wait, what, uh, 
What number are you? You're 76,000? 76,196, yet there's only 14,749 people in front of me. And and you, your I don't Q know, number... I, I was never really good at math, but that seems a little... <laughs> I was, a little, I was a little at 60,000 ish apart from each other, and that's crazy. Well, here, here's what's confusing <laughs> me even more is that your Q numbers is about 8,000 like behind me, but you have like 8,000 people ahead of you. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, my math was right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you thought I had less people in front of me than you? No, I thought you had more people in front of you than, but uh, I'll, like I said earlier, it's been a long week, folks. <laughs> My mind is still kind of mushy. I didn't click until everybody. I said eight thousand twice. Yep, for yeah. everybody here, oh, everybody I've talked to, it's just been one of those weird weeks. <laughs> from yeah. what I understand, from what I understand, when that happens, you're just supposed to say Mercury is in retrograde. Oh, I, I did just remember that last week I was reading um, there's supposed to be a solar flare event sometime around now, so maybe that's messing with everybody's minds. Oh no, somebody's going to turn into Superman. Oh, At least shit. temporarily. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hell yeah. Just not um, uh, not uh, Brightburn, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would not be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, uh, I got Scott Snyder. Um, he has his own imprint, own creator-owned imprint. It's uh, Best Jacket. Mm-hmm. And together he's partnered up with uh, Dark Horse and Comixology. And he is going to be putting out at least three new titles. Uh, one's called We Have Demons. The other one's called Clear. And the last one is called Night of the Ghoul. I don't know who the artists are on the other two. But on Night of the Ghoul, the artist is Franca- Francesco Francavia. And oh, that's that's going to that's gonna nice. look so good, man. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Uh, he does dark and horror and suspense really well. So the, I, I, I am really looking forward to this. Yeah, that's exciting. It, that sounds yeah, really good. Yes, it does. DC should have gave him more freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and money. <laughs> oh, well, they screwed up. Not me. <laughs> you got anything else in the direction of news, kind sir? Uh, Not not necessarily. Just like something that blew my mind thinking about it. That I was reading two articles today about... Uh, uh, some issue of Batman. I don't remember which one. Uh, oh hell! But Jim Lee at a convention—I want to say it was Tiny because the timing must have been right. Uh, the book sold like sixty thousand copies or something like that, and, and Jim Lee just hugged him and said, "You're friggin' amazing. Keep up this amazing job." And then five minutes later, I read an article about Spider-Man number one. Uh, Todd McFarlane Spider-Man number one from the '90s, and how that sold two million copies, and that was legendary. <laughs> and it's yeah, just that was wild legendary. how twenty, thirty years can make a difference in comic sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it can. 
a lot there's a lot more with the internet there's just so much more commerce mm-hmm. way more opportunities for people to buy that comic book they they if we didn't have that i mean you hunted around and hoped that your comic book shop knew other comic book shops that knew other comic book shops that could track that fucking book down for you and the internet makes that you know it skirts around that now the downside of that is it really screws over the local comic book shops and i mean those are cool places to go hang out man you're not a dork if you go hang out at a comic book shop Mm mm-hmm if you don't want to play Magic the Gathering, don't go play Magic the Gathering. Yeah. But go visit your local comic book shop. Exactly. There's all kinds of shit there. Flip through it. Yeah. Dollar bins. You could spend 10 bucks and have enough reading material. Well, it depends on how fast you read comic books. But, I mean, a good amount of fucking reading material for just $10. Yeah. And you can get a shit ton of access to stuff. No offense, local comic book shops, but you can get a shit ton of stuff available at DC Universe or DC Infinite DC Universe Infinite dot com. <laughs> Took me a second to remember what the hell that was. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that that's about everything that I've got to bring up. Um, that did I mention that it's it's not getting its its own animated series, The Wayne Family Adventures. It's supposed to get a live action miniseries. Really? That's yeah. the uh, webtoon series, right? Yep. Live yeah. action. That's interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, it's going to be a lighthearted take on Gotham. And, you know, just. Excuse me. Just Batman's side characters like it has been in the comic book. But for that little web comic, that thing has been super enjoyable. It's. I wouldn't say it's nonsensical. It's just, it's side reading that's lighthearted and easy to read, fun to read. And it's pretty cool, man. I would go check them out. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. And then you can get excited about the live action show. But I'm, God, I'm full of promoing today. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around how that would work. Cause they're, they're really short stories too, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. But you know, they they come out uh, fairly often, and by the time that this actually goes, they're going to have a lot more. Plus, I'm 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 fairly certain with the simplicity of the stories that we get out of the webtoons, it wouldn't be too hard to come up with, you know, six or twelve episodes or however many many they're going to do. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, if they're filming in Toronto, maybe I'll audition. <laughs> take pictures. Oh, yes. Don't get arrested, but take pictures. I'll do you one better. I'll do both. Oh, well, I don't have bail money, so I didn't tell you to. <laughs> <laughs> and one more uh, thing before we start. Yes, sir. Can we make a pact right now with these NFTs? Sure. If I end up with a Wonder Woman one and you end up with a Green Lantern, we trade? Absolutely. Deal. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I will let the Green Lantern of 28... Oh, shit. 28, 14. 28, 14. Okay. I was really close. I would definitely let you have that. Appreciate it. And I would obviously let uh, the famous... Male Themyscirin? I don't know how that would... 
warrior. This classic warrior of a man. Not a Wonder Woman. NFT. Well, thank you. I don't know about being a warrior. I'm definitely not them as Karen. Um, I'm missing certain equipment for that, but I appreciate <laughs> the parallel. <laughs> All right. Well, with that out of the way, I suppose we're going to get into what y'all came here for, and that is comic books. Our first of which is going to be Batman number 114. And we're going to start that out with Rob. You want to tell us about that one, Rob? Will do. It's wild. We're at 114. We're getting so close to the end of Tiny End's run. I'm so sad. I just said 111, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it's 114. Whoops. Did you, no, did you say 111? I heard you say I think I did. <laughs> I think I said 111, but it's yeah. 114. He's right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 been an interesting run. So th- this is, as I said, from writer James Tiny the Fourth. With art by Jorge Jimenez, colors from Tomomori, and letters from Clayton Cowles. So Miracle Molly is keeping busy underground working on some tech, and Queen Ivy joins her for a little chat. Molly asks why she doesn't just use her power to help save the city, and Ivy tells her she's just not optimistic about the people. They helped make the world they live in, and due to that, she's not prepared to let go of her anger. Molly feels similarly, but wishes they could use the mind machine on everyone and free the city. And something in what she just said helped her figure out what Crane is going to do, and she now needs to find Batman right away. Batman, meanwhile... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Batman, meanwhile, is hunting for Sean Mahoney, but it's too late as Peacekeeper X has found Sean first. Crane is deep in Sean's head and tells him Peacekeeper X is Batman, here to take him out and be the real hero. Sean doesn't like that. Well, who he, would? Exactly. You're like, what? You told me I was the baddest dude around. And then I come to find out you got a dude that's so badass, he's specifically badass enough to bad out badass me. I'd be badass pissed. That's <laughs> 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 So he attacks Peacekeeper X and they brutally fight. It was quite the sight. Saint gives Peacekeeper X the kill order, but before he can make that final move, Batman swoops in to stop him. In an act cut short, as Saint brings in more drones to help keep Batman busy. Peacekeeper X now goes after Sean, but he surprises Peacekeeper X with some grenades and puts the beat on him. X gonna give it to him, though, as he has a high-power laser ready. He blasts Sean in the face, but misses slightly. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) He blasts Sean in the face, but misses slightly, putting more damage on a building than he did Sean. X goes for one more shot, but Sean stabs his sword in the laser's barrel, which blows off Peacekeeper X's arm. Brutal. Sean then gives him the real beatdown all the way to hell, and he is now fully in Crane's control. In response, a teary-eyed saint gives the order to blow all the drones and Peacekeeper X a suit, a blast that could level the city block. And Batman escapes just in time as Miracle Molly arrives to give him the info she figured out. My god. Dude, that was messed up when he stabbed his arm cannon like oh, right god. up the middle and it blew his whole arm off. Right? I was like, why? draw fucking dropped. <laughs> I was not expecting that. No. Not at all, because, I mean, I figured, you know, he, as far as we know, he ends up 
back under the control of the magistrate. So I figured this was how we were getting there. Yeah. I fi- I figured wrong. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, ooh, I think I can hear Echo. But, uh, yeah, so I like I said, I didn't see any of that coming, man. Not at all. Things just keep getting worse in Gotham, and I feel like it is definitely heading toward, if not future state, something very, very close to it. Um, so I can't, I can't help but be curious about, um, where it's gonna, how far away from it, or how closely to it we're gonna, we're actually gonna get out of the storyline. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just yeah. I I'm, I'm almost afraid of making speculation on it now. You know, like the scarecrow go through some kind of rehabilitation. Is that why he's? I like I've got no idea anymore. I'm like, well, you surprised me, you stumped me, and now I'm screwed because <laughs> I don't know what's coming at me. Yeah. So um, that's that's awesome. The one thing that I do know is that I'm going to keep reading this, and uh, I mean, do, I. Uh, Jorge Jimenez, do I even need to tell you how beautiful your work is? You certainly must know it by now. It is absolute perfection with the pen. And of course, of course, Tomu Mori just kills it with the coloring. This was a major swing toward moving the story past this part. I'm super excited about it, man. Especially the Ivy part. Not especially, but, you know, including the Ivy part. And I'm hoping that that gets resolved pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I gave this one a 9 out of 10, dude. Oh, I did too. 9 out of 10 for sure. Just beautiful. And and you're so right. Like Jorge Jimenez's pencils are amazing. But Tomomori, the lighting alone just blows my mind. So good. Yeah. And it, it's, like, it's, it's beautifully drawn and... We've been talking about the chapters so far for Fear State, how it's it's kind of lacking. But for me, this is exactly the kind of fear-inducing story that we needed. Yeah, it just the only thing that I'm like I've I've liked the Batman run so far. I just feel like it took us a long time to get to this point. Now I am the kind of guy that says, you know, oh my god, they're that. I'm always worried that we're not going to have enough time to wrap something up, but this is Batman. That fucking comic book ain't going anywhere. Nope. You know, I just, I feel like it took a very long time since, uh, oh, what the hell was his name? Uh, the designer. I feel like this story has been going on since the very first part of designer. And it's just been one continuous story. Like, just blending and that's totally fine with me it really is because i'm a continuity nerd but i just wish that this most recent stuff was happening uh a little faster yeah at the same time i i wouldn't mind it lasting very long because the closer we get to the end of the story the closer we get to the end of Titan's run on batman (laughs) <laughs> yeah well i mean it's it's definite that's for sure uh-huh. i'm i don't know how i'm gonna feel about after him. like do we know who's doing batman after him 
we we do, but I can't, I can't remember the damn name. <laughs> do you remember if it's newer or not? Because uh, for some uh, reason, Philip uh, Kennedy Johnson is coming to mind, but I don't think that's right. No, it's um, it's. I'm looking it up right now. I know all the books he's written, but I can't think of his damn name. What are the jo- books? Joshua Williamson. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, so he's going to take over writing for Batman. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I hope I hope he handles it as well as he has been handling Infinite Frontier. Yeah. I really do. I mean, so far, at least as far as covers go... We have two kind of homages, so we'll see. <laughs> oh boy! Not that the, that not that that necessarily goes somewhere, but that's that's where I came across the uh, Spider-Man number one because uh, one of the variant covers is an homage to that cover from Todd McFarlane. Oh no, kid! Yeah, beautifully drawn too. We do have with Williamson uh, doing the art is Jorge Molina, and Tom Memory is back on colors, so that is going to be good, I think. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Jorge Molina is beautiful. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're not uh, Jimenez is uh, he he might be my favorite DC mainstay. Uh, artist i have i would have a hard time between oh geez um m dexter soy and i am completely forgetting my other favorite's name right now but it is um it's tough to choose between the two of them man what did you end up giving this issue or this story i gave it a nine out of ten ten. right up the alley that was needed not crime alley but on alley (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, something that's so far away from an alley and way up in the sky, or maybe not. Maybe it's just inside somebody's head. But regardless, here it is. It's Clown Hunter, and it was written by Brandon Thomas with art from Jason Howard and lettering from Clayton Cowles. So Clown Hunter is still fighting his hallucination. Within it, he loses his temper and he begins to fight back. He keeps hearing, grab my hand, you're running out of time. And he's hearing it over and over. It After lashing out on his trip, and by trip I mean tripping balls, he sees this, he sees all these papers start falling from the, the sky and he grabs, grabs one of them and it says, grab my hand. But the R in the Robin was circled. Or the, 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 the R in the letter was circled. The, the R in the word grab. I instantly knew it was going to be Tim Drake right there. Mm-hmm. Like you ruined the surprise for me, but you flip the page and Tim Drake, uh, swings in to save him. Uh, later on after he does, Tim is trying to decipher Crane's new formulas and Bao asks if he needs any help. Tim says, always let's bring down clown hunter. I can't remember if this is the same artist on this one as the previous issues, but I like this issues are a whole lot more than I have in the previous backups of Batman. And I am so glad that we're moving past three or four issues of 
he took too many mushrooms, man, to potentially an actual story. Yeah. Um, it's a backup, or it's not spectacular, but it is much better than it was, and I'm very happy that this four-issue run of uh, Hallucinations is over with. Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Wow, we, we are on the same train of thought because I also gave it a 7.5 out of 10. If if we have the exact same scores for every book that I own, it's going to be wild. That would be crazy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know there was a lot of talk about maybe this is Clown Hunter's final bow, but and that, that was not a pun, but damn it, it is now. <laughs> uh, so, but I, in the back of my mind, I knew he was going to be saved, but I did not see Tim Drake being the one to do it. No, I figured it was going to be Red Hood. Yeah, especially considering... Or Batman, but... Yeah, one of the two. I, I don't know how I feel about Clown Hunter becoming Tim Drake's new Robin. And why did that happen so suddenly? Because Clown Hunter has pushed away every other member of the Bat family that's come in contact with him. And then Tim Drake saves his life, uh, talks about Bat-Bat, and all of a sudden he's on board. Why? That's that just seems really, really random. I feel like that I know they're backups and they're meant to be short, but this one just felt so short because there was almost no story to it. Right? And just just, you know, as a point of conversation, um Tim is currently trying to start up a relationship with Bernard. And uh do you think that that's the best time to bring in a younger boy into your house? I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah, mean, no you know, into, you know, your metaphorical house, but in any case, uh, Tim's, Tim's taken on a lot here, uh, trying to be a mentor and dealing with his own shit. And I can't read, I can't wait to read more of his own shit, but that yeah. will be in a different book. This one, and it's staying good. It's getting better. Thank you. Back up. Mm-hmm. And I love that, especially in my Batman books. And whole issue, eight point five out of ten. I had to round it up. Yeah, I I'll give it a yeah. I think I'll say eight point five as well. Actually, that's a fair score. It's a solid issue. Pretty solid. All right, um, solid to mush, or at least sometimes we are heading over to. The deep, dank, dark, stanky, anky of Swamp Thing. Rob, take that away. <laughs> All right. So this is from writer Rom V with art by Mike Perkins, colors from Mike Spicer, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. The Levy takes down Kimo with a huge punch, and before he can recover, Parasite attacks, brimming with power from the green. The two clash while Levy gets vines into Parasite, which allows him to see his memories. Levy learns of Rudy Jones and how he became what he is today. In return, he shows Rudy how Levy became what he is today. After his father was shot during a protest, he was committed to a hospital bed. And Levy's brother and mother continue to march for the forest, and Levy goes to his father's bedside. Neither say much besides the usual debate they are already having, and in silence, Levy is taken and changed. Now Levy has shown Rudy the similarities they have and how there is power in loss and regret, but it does not have to change you into a monster. Just as he got in touch with Rudy, Rudy bursts into flames. This is caused by Levy's brother, now going by Hadira. He has discovered power of his own, power given to him by the Kazaranga Forest, 
power over nature, and he uses this power to take down Rudy and bring Levy to his knees. I Not think cool, I missed man. A word. Ah well, it'll come back when yeah. it's supposed to. Uh, <laughs> what was his name? Adira vows to him that he will see the truth, and until then, he can be the human's errand boy. As everything settles, Levy sees what started the damage to the forest, a device made by Prescott Injury, Injury Industries. <laughs> now Peacemaker attacks with two batons also made by Prescott. The two battle, but Levy uses his vines to get a hold of Peacemaker and remove him, remove his cranial bomb, and now Peacemaker is free to achieve peace however he wants. Due to this gift, Peacemaker leaves him alone, but others have a different idea. Jennifer Reese is about to be kidnapped. Oh, uh, that's not cool, man. Yeah. And so, uh taking the leash off of Peacemaker or Peacekeeper, I don't I don't think that that is quite a good idea either. No, well, it might be when it comes to uh Rick Flag. No, oh, I mean Rick Flag will like the hell out of it. Oh, but... you'll love that idea. Yeah. Yep, yep. Good tell Waller to suck it. Yep. And we still Take don't know where or whether or not Red X and Flag are going to be on the team. So this could mm. be pretty crazy, man. Yeah. As I far can't as... <laughs> wait for Suicide Squad to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. It's like, let's do this. Yeah. It's a, Swamp Thing doesn't have it easy, does he? No. Not this one. Let's oh, see. He, he, he fought a super juiced up by the green parasite. Fought a fought Peacemaker. Peacekeeper? Peacemaker. Peacekeeper? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Peace. Peacekeeper. Pretty yeah, sure I don't fucking know. We all know we the dipshit that John Cena is playing. But, um, <laughs> fought him, and he, Andy had to deal with his brother in, in a desert tree hellfire form. And, and he goes through all of that just to have the bad guys go after the girl he loves. Yep. Jerks. <laughs> I, I love this series, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Since the beginning, I continue to. Uh, while I'm eager to see how this wraps up, dude, it's... It, I, I'm also not so happy about it because that means it's the end of this run. And I do know Swamp Thing is going to be continuing on. But this is the end of this run. This is the end of Ron V's run. And I don't know when the next one is starting. This one was great, though. Um, The only criticism I have throughout this issue, and because I hold this issue, this issue is, Swamp Thing is almost like a golden standard around here. And so I expect it to be phenomenal. And for this issue, I feel like the art was a little rushed. And because it's the standard, I'm going to judge it a little harsher. And I'm giving this one a 7.75 out of 10. Damn. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Swamp Thing's an amazing story. It was a great story. Half of what Swamp, half of what makes Swamp Thing amazing is the art. And I just felt like it, it just wasn't there this week. Not as, not as well as what I've seen throughout the rest of the run. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, 
it, it is funny that uh, we because I, I had a different idea with that. Um, oh yeah, do tell that I didn't notice it when I first read it, but when I went through my second flip through to write my review, I I didn't notice that in that first splash page when uh, Swamp Thing is punching Kimo's lights out, he's got mouths all over his body. Oh yeah, isn't that cool? It's so cool, and just and I forgot about him fighting like Kimo in that too. He fought four dudes. Yeah. In one issue. Those little still things enough. like that just blow my mind with books, horror books in general. And if, if you can add in those little things that you can enjoy in your second read-through, I, I think it's good art. It did... I can agree in, in times it, it felt a little sloppy, but I still really enjoyed it. And I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. I'm, I'm very happy it's getting a second season. Me too. Looks like the whole us voiding the same numbers is is done and over with. (laughs) Yeah. Well, while Swamp Thing was trying to save the soul of the swamp, we can move on over to a uh, guy that tries to save the souls of gas station customers. Yeah. (laughs) If you haven't heard about it, this is DC Horror Label's uh, second imprint, third imprint. I can't remember if I was on the... No, I think only The Conjuring has come out yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But anyway, that title is Soul Hunter, number one, and it is written by Mark Parks and Henry Zabrowski with art from the team of John McRae, PJ Holden, and Mike Spicer. The cover was McRae and Spicer. And on lettering, there's Becca Carey. So uh, this is definitely a different kind of book. We start the book out with a way too skinny dude named Edgar sitting alone with craft supplies all over around him. He's not making a macaroni necklace, though. (laughs) He's mumbling about how he believes in God, how most people only say they believe, but he really does, in that he knows God believes in him, too. The first two pages right there, and you already know the tone of this book. Good start, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy wanted to be a minister, but he couldn't hack it in seminary. So he took his righteous word of God to a gas station. <laughs> he works there doing as much doling out as much Jesus as he can to every single customer that comes in. And he's got a couple of what I would call project people that he has kind of taken on and is trying to save and, One of those dudes is named Scuzz, because, of course. So, this guy working at the gas station, he's totally fine until he meets a dude driving it. A very crazy-looking van. That guy invites him to a seminar about reaching people for Jesus and how to do it better. Turns out the dude is a phony, but he does have this machine that looks as though it could remove demons from people without hurting them. They had a big whole visual presentation, demonstration, I guess, rather, about it uh, in front of all the people. Made it look like it was real, but it was not. So Edgar tracks the guy down after the class, and he says he wants to sign up for it, but I'm sorry, I'm broke. The guy looks at him and says, well, I'm not a charity. 
So he goes and steals the blueprints of the machine and makes the machine out of spare parts that he found at a junkyard. Now, before you get crazy and think, how did he get these kind of special pieces to build something that could portal in and out of someone to take the demon out of them? He used, I saw, duct tape and a toilet seat, among other things. So (laughs) he goes home, he builds the machine, he grabs Scuzz, again, one of his projects, people and he hooks him up to the machine to remove his demon he fires the machine up takes a peek inside looks around then reaches in and plucks the evil spirit out of him we have got no clue if this is at all real or if it's hallucination we don't know if the machine edgar built can do what he thinks it can without hurting the person but i can tell you one thing i do know (laughs) again i already enjoy this more than the conjuring and I will be getting the next issue to see if this is going to be something worth reading. This was a pretty good story, a pretty good setup for a story, excuse me. And the art, while a little loose, it, it matches the story quite well. For a setup, I liked it, and I gave this an 8 out of 10. So there we go, we're back on track, an 8 out of 10 for me too. <laughs> Honestly, the, I, I was having a blast reading this book. It, it just took so many turns that... Some you could see coming, some you couldn't. Right. I did not think the machine would actually work, but here we are. And the whole time I was reading it, between the art style and the story, it I couldn't decide if it was a more crazy or less crazy version of Preacher from Vertigo. <laughs> I'm going to say, knowing all that I know about Preacher, I'm going to say, so far, less crazy. Less, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Preacher, preacher, <laughs> preacher gets the fuck out there, man. Preacher goes so far outfield that he ends up in a different state. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different one, man. But oh, I yeah. do like Preacher. If you guys haven't read that one, go out and get it. Definitely. It's a blast. It's for sure on Comixology. Mm-hmm. And also probably in any local comic shop, you can get all sorts of volumes. I know one down the street from me had i think every volume on their shelves <laughs> so i don't know if it's if it's just that popular they have extras or it's not selling well but it is an older book yeah it is an older book but it's a good one well very good one i gotta finish uh, that <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna move from a crazy book to a book about crazy people and that is arkham city Order of the World, number one. Mm-hmm. Tell us all about it, Rob. Oh, gladly. So this is from writer Dan Waters, with art by Danny, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. In the wake of A-Day, 95% of staff and inmates were killed by Joker gas. Right. See, I going into this, I had no at all that this was going to be connected to the larger universe oh yeah i thought this was an elseworlds for sure yeah or you yeah. know at the very least like disjointed but no you heard it here first kids or maybe not if you read solicits but it's connected <laughs> <laughs> well this story is about some of the five percent that survived <clears throat> and dr jacosta joy is now working with the GCPD to help apprehend the escaped inmates and get them the help they need. The first on the list is Ratcatcher, 
who was currently hiding under a bed to take a little girl away from her parents and eat her. Eat her. Fucking eat her. Yep. Since when does Rat Catcher eat people? That's... You know shit got real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the police arrive at the house and Dr. Joy goes in alone to try and calm him down. A task that seemingly failed as she was attacked by him instead. And the police tase him just in time despite Dr. Joy's pleads that she had it under control. Accompanying Dr. Joy is Detective Stone. And after the rat catcher incident, Dr. Joy asks to go to the asylum so she can get things from her office as she is not allowed in without police escort. While there, Stone Crazy. sees a pile of files on Joy's desk that is very similar to the inmates they are trying to catch. As it turns out, she was the psychiatrist for each one. On this list, we see Professor Pig, No Face, Dr. Phosphorus, Nocturna, Double X, and the Mad Hatter. No who Face. Is currently I was looking at that, and I couldn't fucking remember who that was. Thank you, Rob. Which one was that? No Face. Oh, No Face, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Mad Hatter is currently being chased by Azriel and his flaming sword. That is not a euphemism, I swear. One of the more... (laughs) (laughs) I just... Oh, God. I even capitalized the F. Uh, Anyway, one of the more curious inmates on the list... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I didn't even catch that. It must have been subconscious. Um, (laughs) So one of the more curious lists on the... uh, One of the more curious inmates on the list is Ten Eyes. A person with an eye on each finger that they claim can do different things. Weird, man. I, I've never heard of this character before, but if that's an existing character, that is a freaking weird character. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely inspired by Pan's Labyrinth. I don't oh, think I anybody could argue that. Yeah. It's creepy as hell, I can tell you that much. Oh, so creepy. Like a mix of Pan's Labyrinth and Ten Rings of Power. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on their way out of the asylum, Stone gets a call about a crime scene in the sewers and requests Dracosta's experience. They arrive to find two bodies cooked medium rare. And these people were in the Mad Hatter gang and one happens to still be alive, screaming of a hood and fire. And after that scene, Dracosta heads home for the day but finds ten eyes inside with a couple of extra body parts. They claim they need the parts for a ritual to keep the ghost of Jeremiah Arkham away, a fear that it seems that every escaped inmate shares. This is a very interesting story. <laughs> I, it I, is. I am one hundred percent in the the it, art it's, though. It's was... interesting. Was it just me, or did she seem to know about him and be completely accepting of the fact that he just went and killed some people so he could get? body parts to do some magic spell it it did seem a little odd like she seemed very apprehensive to the human jaw that ten eyes was holding but she also seemed like the person that will do whatever it takes to get these people help right and if this means uh some wacky ritual then so be it but i think she's also letting on less than she actually does know that she knows something about this Jeremiah Arkham spirit. Mad Hatter certainly saw something. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like how it feels that we're going to get to explore some of the weirder characters. 
new and old. Uh, hopefully, it's not just like a uh, you know just constantly turning out a bunch of new characters. I really hope that's not what it's going to be like. But yeah, um, I am excited about getting to check out all these different characters. Ten Eyes, while creepy as shit, is definitely interesting. So I hope this gets fleshed out a little bit. I'm assuming that he's going to be the main protagonist over this arc, but we'll see. Um, as far as the book goes, it is pretty word heavy as far as caption boxes go, but I feel like it was a little light on dialogue. So it kind of balanced itself out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not overwhelming and dry. Like say Tom King, <laughs> um, so uh there's it's got that going for it good story and i like the art going on in here too the muted watercolor type tone with the inks dude that looks really really good for this kind of book i liked it it got me excited for more i gave this one an 8.25 out of 10 that was so close <laughs> yeah, for, for me the art it, danny is really good Oh hell yeah! But the the art was maybe a little minimalist for me, but I do think it fits the story really well, with the the tones and the like you said the watercolor features. It it fits really. It looks like a horror book, but it's not one hundred percent a horror book. No, it's gonna be a crazy book without looking oh, yeah. like Riley Rosmo, <laughs> and that is wonderful as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. I think Riley Rosmo could do a great horror book, though. You shut up. Keep it up my <laughs> genre. I'm, I'm serious. I think you've yet to see the beauty that Rosmo could bring. I think Rosmo could probably do really, really, really... And I mean this sincerely. I'm not being a dick, but I think he could do really well in young adult books. In what? Young adult books. Why? Why a oh, yeah. DC character books or you know yeah. any other company, but as... I just, I can't stand seeing it in normal books. Drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes fun of Rob Liefeld for not being able to draw feet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Riley Rosmo <laughs> makes some little tiny balls, man. I, I, I make fun of Rob Liefeld for giving Captain America a really weird chest. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. There's a lot to make fun of Rob Liefeld for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's done some good things, too. I won't take that away from him. We wouldn't have Deadpool without Rob exactly. Liefeld, but yeah. <laughs> As a creator, yeah. he's great. We'll leave it there. And um, I think <laughs> that was a nice enough note. We can move on to the nice stuff before we get to the not-so-nice stuff. It is time for our top three slash favorite moment. And, Rob, what do you got for us? All right, so I got, starting at number three, I have Arkham City. It, it was actually a lot more catching than I thought it would. Uh, I, I don't know if I gave my score. I gave it an 8.5. It's, mm. It was really enjoyable. I'm curious to see where this goes. Number two, I had Swamp Thing. Just so much fun. Just a wonderful book. And number one, if it's no surprise, it's Batman. Great <laughs> issue. Fear State is ramping up, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And that is where my best moment comes in. I keep going back to it. That splash page of Batman punching Peacekeeper X in the face was just badass. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll quote Brandon. I would totally get that as a poster. That the lighting, oh, yeah. I, that's why I talked about Tomamori's lighting with the, with the colors. The 
the glowing sword glowing on certain parts like the, the way it glowed on batman was fantastic yes so realistic yes it was i remember uh it was an issue or two ago where stephanie and babs were sitting down at her computer setup and all of the green was reflecting off of her costume and actually not just not just you seeing the green reflect it, but you see how it changed the color of her outfit. Like it would in real life. Yeah. That was pretty fucking cool, man. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing colorist. Hope he sticks around in the game for a long, 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 long time. My top three is uh, I gave no, I gave third place the Soul Plumber. It's a it's a pretty cool story. It could end up really good. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it for this week, judging it. Just solely on the book, it definitely deserves a third place spot in my book anyway. Number two, I gave to Arkham City, Order of the World. The backdrop of Gotham that we've not been getting, as far as I'm concerned. And I really like that about this book. Mm -hmm. And then just like you, for number one, I gave it Batman number 114. And all I have to say about this is, yes, more please. That's, there's not much else to say about it. Now, as far as my favorite moment, that also came from the Batman book. And I had a little bit of a problem battling between three options here. One was the one Rob chose. The second one was when Peacekeeper 1 st- uh, stabbed the, the hand cannon of Peacekeeper X. And then finally, the one that I chose to win which was the double-page splash of Batman with his cape billowing behind him as he's sailing down. That was wonderful, and I would take that as a print or a poster or on a napkin or anything. (laughs) That that might end up in the trash. (laughs) It it won't end up in the trash. That shit will get framed on the wall, Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) There ain't no kidding. Oh, man. But uh, so now it is time for the part that we don't usually like here, and that is... The Biggest Oh, that's nasty. And Rob, did you pick somebody to put on your stink list today? I did, but I don't like it. I Now, see, according <laughs> to our discussion on our last episode, we decided that on short weeks, we are allowed to throw in a Pepto-Bismol. Yep. So I'm I'm going to do that because despite the cover of Soul Plumber being in the sewers, it's not the biggest stinker. Definitely not, not yeah. for this week. <laughs> and I I I don't know, man. It's, it would feel weird saying Swamp Thing is on the biggest stink list, even more than 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 a Batman book. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to drink some Pepto too, my man. Yeah, that is just the way it's gonna go. And uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the show, all you humans listening out there. Oh, actually, before we go, I think we forgot oh. to mention, there were Uh-oh. a couple of other books this week that came out. Oh, yes, there were. There were a yeah. few other books that came out this week. Yeah, like Wonder Woman 80th Anniversary 100-Page Spectacular, Super oh. Spectacular. Yeah, oh, I forgot all about that one. And I wanted to talk about the other one, too. The uh, The Wonder Woman... 100 page spectacular every story in it was pretty good it was enjoyable if if you're a wonder woman fan go ahead pick it up it's 10 bucks and every story in it you're going to enjoy 
However, none of the stories that are in it, thankfully, don't tie into the don't tie into the main story. So you don't have to go out and spend ten dollars to make sure that you're able to keep up with what's going on in Wonder Woman. It is strictly a ten dollar bonus issue. I do endorse it though. I liked it. I hope you do too. Go pick it up wherever you can. And then what was the other one, Rob? That would be and Canadian fans are gonna love the title. Are you afraid of Dark Side? <laughs> Which was okay. It was just silly Halloween stories, as you can imagine. Yeah, and typical um, Halloween book. Yeah, their typical holiday book. And yeah. I mean, if that's the kind of stuff you enjoy reading, I, me personally, I could take it or leave it. My kids enjoy it, and um, and uh, that's about as far as I can go with that. And if it is your thing, go out and spend the money to get that one too. Yeah, like they're they're interesting books to put out every year. You got your hol- Halloween, you got your Christmas, and I think they do a Valentine's Day one. Um, but I think the only one I've ever actually really enjoyed was the Larfleas Christmas special from about seven <laughs> years ago. That was, that was so much fun. fun. That yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was pretty funny. You gotta yeah, like it when Larfleas gets a little time to shine. Santa Claus and the meaning of Christmas <laughs> and the giving spirit. Right. And then he learned nothing. Not a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out if we're going to learn something next week. There is a plethora of books coming out, and I can't quite say which ones we will be covering, although we will cover as many as we can. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and get through this list all in one breath. But next week, coming out from DC, we have Wonder Woman number 780, Joker number 8, Batman Urban Legends number 8, featuring Batwoman, The Outsiders, Azrael, Professor Pig, Teen Titans Academy number 7, Superman and the Authority number 4, I Am Batman number 2, Green Lantern number 7, Justice League Glass Ride number 6, Black Mountain number 2, and I am not doing it all in one breath, Titans United, Batman the Imposter, Future State Gotham, Batman 89, and Strange Adventures number 12. So we hope to see you there next week. Make sure you put us in your ears. You know you want it there. And stop by notarobotpodcast.com. Get links to everything Not A Robot Podcast. We've got all kinds of podcasts for everything you want, from horror to comics, hot topics to war movies, and everything in between. Not A Robot has what you need. And there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Just a little bit